Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. A great anthem on this theme of higher ground. Our text of scripture comes from the end of the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus has been teaching, and in that collection of teachings known as the Sermon on the Mount, he concludes with this text of Scripture. I invite you to listen for God's Word as it comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, we come before you. and We come to receive what you alone can give. So speak to us now. And quiet within us any voice but your own. For we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's that time of year again for graduations and commencement speeches. Last weekend, I was involved in graduation ceremonies at Princeton Theological Seminary held at the chapel at Princeton University. And I can tell you it was quite a regal affair though perhaps not as regal as the royal wedding taking place at the same day at St. George's Chapel at Windsor. I guess my invitation to the wedding of Harry and Meghan got lost in the mail. But I've always been fascinated with graduation speeches. Another class of young people cross the finish line and emerge with their college degree in hand. What wisdom will be imparted at that moment? What wisdom from one generation to another? What message should be shared as they enter adulthood and begin their lives? What advice is there to build a life upon? Well, this summer, we're going to explore the idea of character. What can you build a life upon that's solid ground? This text from the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount is going to be our guiding light and our overarching theme for the summer series. We want to talk about character. And we'll examine different biblical characters as as guideposts pointing the way towards building a life that lasts, a life that can withstand adversity. Now, recently, one graduation speaker, my good friend, Dr. Ron White, who's with us this morning in worship, 
spoke at the college graduation at Huntingdon College. And he helpfully framed the question of character this way. He acknowledged to the graduating seniors that most of them had probably been asked repeatedly, what are you going to do following graduation with the rest of your life? But then he told this story about being at a dude ranch with his grandson, and the ranch manager asked everyone who was there for the week to share a little something about themselves so they could become acquainted with one another. I will never forget a woman from Seattle, Ron said. She told us that in the previous fall when her daughter entered middle school, her teacher asked each student to answer the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? When it came time for this 13-year-old daughter to answer, she replied, that is an inadmissible question, and I refuse to answer it. (laughs) Then she continued, now if you want to ask me what I want to be, I will try to answer that question. That's a smart kid. I think it's clear that the teachings of Jesus that are codified in the Sermon on the Mount are much more interested in that question. Who do you want to be? That's much more important question than what do you want to do? Now in the past, commencement speeches tend to be a sort of call to arms. Be bold. If you set your mind to it, you can be anything you want to be. But today, commencement speeches have a way of sort of lowering the expectations and seem to be sort of focused on just learn to accept yourself. It'll inoculate you against all sorts of serial disappointments in life. According to this new book entitled Assume the Worst, The graduation speech you'll never hear. The authors of that book debunk what they call lame platitudes in in, uh, commencement speeches like, live each day as if it's your last. Or try to find the goodness in everyone you meet. Those kind of clog the graduation speeches and the self-help industries. Instead, there's this increasing kind of sense of skepticism about achievement. Take a chill pill. Resign yourself to a kind of passive self-acceptance. Now, of course, it seems to me that students who are carrying a load of student debt from their education that sometimes reaches six and even seven figures may have another motivation for achievement. According to an article in the New York Times, in 2012, schoolteacher David McCullough, Jr. told the graduating class of Wellesley High School near Boston, you are not special. You are not exceptional. And it set off a firestorm of media attention. And his 2014 book-length expansion of that speech became an international bestseller. 
In 2013, when the transcript of George Saunders' convocation speech at Syracuse University was put on the Times website, it and its galvanizing humility, what I regret most in life are failures of kindness, were soon shared with more than a million Times viewers and published in a book a year later. So what... What really makes a difference in life? What determines the quality of one's life? Some of the most important things in life only become apparent over time. Surely the answer has something to do with the kinds of decisions we make in life, the choices we exercise, and even the ones we avoid. Because... Perhaps we're afraid of making the wrong choice. But life requires us to make decisions, to choose what is to be valued, to choose what we'll give ourselves to, what we'll seek to accumulate, what commitments we'll make and keep. Will life simply take the path of least resistance or will some great noble cause become the foundation of our lives, the ground of our existence? I wonder, what would Jesus say to the graduating classes of 2018? Now Matthew and Luke both record this parable about hearers and doers of the word, about building a life on a solid foundation. And both of them follow the largest sections of Jesus' teachings, which include the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. This parable reminds us that the Christian life is about more than having the right beliefs. It's about the right behaviors. It's about making the right choices, taking the right actions. It's not knowing alone, but doing that matters most acting on what you know. Beliefs and behaviors in Christian faith are inseparable. They're like two sides of the same coin. Inevitably, the storms of life will come. And inevitably, they will reveal what kind of grounding our lives are built upon. Now, as Luke tells it, The one who digs down deep and lays the foundation of life upon the rock is the one who survives the storm and the flood. As if to say, if you dig deeper than the shallow stuff, the shallow stuff of life, then you won't be swept away when adversity comes. Things like popularity and good looks and fame and material gain are the kinds of superficial sand that some have built their lives upon only to find out it doesn't last. You have to dig deeper than that, according to Luke. In the 19th century, a fable emerged about the three little pigs. You're all familiar with it. Remember that each one left their home to find their fortune. One built a house of straw and another one of sticks, but the big bad wolf came along and blew them both down. Only the third pig, the one who built his house of brick, survived the terrible wolf. 
The author must have been familiar with these parables in the Gospels, and particularly Luke's telling of it. And the moral of the story, of course, is build your life with the right materials or you're going to suffer the consequences. But Matthew tells the story slightly differently. In his gospel, it's not how deep you dig, but where you choose to build your life in the first place. Will you build upon the rock on higher ground? Or will you build upon the sand where the old riverbed periodically swells with torrential rains and the floods and the winds? In other words, it's not so much about the depth of your foundation in life, but about what you build upon, what moral and ethical grounding is beneath the surface of your life. And in both stories... The point is that building your life upon those ethical constraints that Jesus teaches and the commands of Jesus, now that's solid ground for living. It's bedrock. It's constant. It's unchanging. All other ground is sinking sand, as a familiar hymn reminds us. Uh, True that people's lives sometimes turn tragic even though no one intends to have them turn out that way. It turns out it really does matter how you build your life and especially what ground you lay the the cornerstone on. If the foundation isn't solid, the rest doesn't matter because it becomes a house of cards. This weekend, we remember those who gave their lives to preserve our country and our form of government, the value of freedom, government of the people, by the people, for the people. And collectively, we have to build upon that foundation that our Constitution and our Bill of Rights provides. It is solid ground, and it has withstood the test of time and many adversities. Jesus said there are two paths, one wide, one narrow, one easy, one difficult. He says, enter through the narrow gate, takes a hard road, it leads to life. And your life will be built on solid ground and on bedrock. Following the prevailing standards is not enough. Fitting into the dominant culture is not enough. The path of least resistance often leads to disaster. Where there's no concentration of mind, no discipline of life, no inward righteousness, where only convenience matters, then there's a life that can be washed away with the next storm. And we all know people who have built on the wrong foundation. I bet someone comes to mind right now for you perhaps a family member or a friend or someone at work or school who has a shaky foundation in life and may be in danger from even the next mild crisis. How disappointed we all are when our popular actors are revealed to be sexual harassers. This week, even famous chefs turn out to be abusers in the kitchen. 
We long to see examples of people who live authentic lives with character and integrity. That makes a difference. How we choose to build our lives and upon which foundation we'll set the cornerstone. And to take lightly the teachings of our Lord and the commands of God is to bring calamity upon ourselves. The parables make no distinctions here. Wherever one builds, you can expect storms to rage. One's not protected from life's storms. We're only protected from the disaster of a house that falls. Only from the disaster of a life that caves in on itself. That depends on the builder. The choices made make a difference. Some things only become apparent over time. So what is your life built upon? Solid ground or shifting sands? This summer, we're going to explore character. And we'll explore it through the different characters of the Bible to uncover how God has established solid ground for their lives and for our lives. And we'll explore that question. Who do you want to be? It takes time before some things become apparent, whether we're building on good ground or shifting sands, but it's never too late to begin again to rebuild our lives on stronger, more stable, and more solid ground. And as we've heard sung, God puts our feet on higher ground. Jesus is the rock upon which we can build. Thanks be to God. Amen.